You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I tell you what, I'm sitting here trying to think what the heck is going to happen in this game? What is going to happen? And I was thinking back about what I said about how I don't know anything about the NFL right now. I don't know anything about the NFL. I know that, um, you know, offenses are losing. And I'm torn between what Rodgers is saying about how, you know, defenses are evolving. And I'm thinking maybe this is just an evolutionary period and the defenses are going to have a little bit of a win for most of this year, if not all of this year, until offenses kind of adapt. But then I thought, I don't think that's ever really happened, has it? I mean, I think evolution happens, but I don't feel like there's these great generations that, that take place, especially when Rodgers is telling you what's happening and what offenses need to do to counteract it. I feel like we should be able to figure this out. And so I feel like offenses are going to figure it out. I mean, I know there's been teams like Buffalo and a few others that are, that are on track, but by and large, the scoring has been really low this year. And so I just feel like, okay, well, then that's going to pick up. Well, who's going to, you know, okay, Minnesota's going to figure it out you know, New Orleans and Dallas and Tampa and whatever, you know, every, every, all these teams are going to figure it out. Not, you know, maybe a couple. I mean, the Bears even. I don't expect them to be a great offense, but generationally bad offense probably won't last the entire year. I don't think they'll stay a 1940s offense through all of 2022. Who knows? Maybe this is the year, they, the week they figure it out. So that's sort of the, the, the general thought I have league-wide right now, but even with the Packers, what do I know about the Packers right now? Not a freaking thing. Defensively, week one, secondary, sucks. Week two, run defense, tackling, sucks. Week three, pretty good, pretty good defense we got here. Offense, week one, we suck. Week two, elite running game. Week three, we can't run, but at least we got Dobbs. I don't have any idea what week four brings. Now, granted, with the offense, that's kind of what I expected, and hopefully the defense more or less stays like this, although, you know, probably, you know, won't. But, I mean, that's kind of what, what I said would happen with the offense. That one week it would be Aaron Jones. The next week it would be Tunyon. The next week it would be 
Lazard. And we're so quick to crown people, you know. Most elite running backs in football can't stop them. What happens the next week? Nothing. We do a Dobbs victory lap this week. We got something special. I'm pulling up historical stats. Dude's going to have one target, one reception for four yards and a drop this week. That would be hard with one target. Two targets, one reception and a drop this week. And Lazard, who we wrote off, is going to blow up. Or Tunyon or Tyler Davis or something. Point is, I don't know nothing about nothing right now because everything is still crazy. Are the Vikings good? I don't know. Not very, but again, once they figure out the offense, could be pretty scary. Are the Lions good? Probably not. Defense sucks like we thought. Offense seemed good, but again, almost no way they maintain 35 points a game. And when that comes down, then they're just kind of a garbage team all around, right? The Bears good? Well, no, definitely not. But they are 2-1, and one, and they're playing the Giants and have a good chance of going to 3-1 and one and have an easy schedule from, from now moving forward for quite a long time. All the while, the offense and defense probably continue to improve, more so than a lot of other teams because, you know, new coaches and whatnot. And the run game is, is actually quite impressive because, again, anytime the opponent knows with 100,000% certainty that all you're going to do is run and they still can't stop you, even if their run defense is garbage, that's still somewhat impressive. Are the Packers good? I don't know. I know through three weeks we have one of the worst offenses in football. I know we've played one game with marginally impressive score, and that was against the Bears, and it was the worst Sunday night football score we've ever had up against one of the worst teams in football. So kind of massively underachieved in that game as well. I don't know. What do you think about our offensive line? I don't know. I know Elton has been kind of terrible, but I expect him to get better. Uh, Royce is not great. Josh Myers has been not great. Runyon is, you know, okay. And then David Bakhtiari seemed great, but I don't know if he's playing much. about the running backs? I mean, they're usually good, but they weren't last week. Defensive line last week was basically just Rashawn and Kenny from what I saw. Linebackers are up and down. Jair, I don't even know if he's playing. We, I saw we elevated a corner. Should probably check uh, Ian Rappaport, what he's talking about. He's not talking about nothing. So, don't know if Jair's playing. Stokes and Razul are good. Fine, solid. Savage and Amos, mm, I don't know. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's week to week, and it's kind of right now just survive every week until we can kind of settle down and figure out what everything is, actually is. So, I don't mean this to be like a downer thing at all. It's, it's just me saying I, I expect improvement, but I also kind of insp- expect improvement across the league, and I don't know in what areas, and I don't know what's going on. Because I'm trying to sit here and say, all right, who's going to pop off, man? Who, who, who am I going to put my money down on this week? What's going to happen? There? I don't know, man. Here's what I know, though. Kenny Clark is a freak. So if you want to put your money down at a defensive player that's going to tear it up, that's a good bet. Why do they have a bad center? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Doesn't matter. Rashawn is a freak. You could put your money there. They have a bad tackle? I don't know. I know I know the left tackle is not. Trent Brown, he's he's okay. Isaiah Wynn has had success at times. Doesn't matter, not the point. But with all that said, with me trying to cover my back so that when I'm way off, I have an excuse. <laughs> Let's give it a shot anyway, shall we? Let's talk through this a little bit. First of all, you know what I find hilarious? Yes, it's just PFF, and I know there are detractors. Still funny. The biggest hype coming into uh, the season for the Packers, the biggest 
narrative was about the wide receivers. They suck. They're no good. The trash. They suck. They're no good. Stupid, ugly, gross. Some of those might not have been real. Do you know what the ranks for the wide receivers are right now? Remember, there's 32 teams. So being top 32 is kind of like, you know, number one. Each team should have like one of those, right? In the top 32 on average. Lazard is ranked 49th, which would be a number two. Romeo Dobbs is ranked 21st in the NFL right now. Randall Cobb is ranked 13th. Two number ones and a number two are wide receivers. Offensive line is a different story. Not very good. Highest grade is David Bakhtiari with a 64, but that's, uh, again, that's a different story. Well, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's start with the patrons. Let's see what they think. First of all, score predictions. You know, it's interesting because I had a, I had a dream, one of those dreams that you're excited and then it, like two hours into waking up, you realize, oh wait, that was a dream that was fake. Like you kind of knew it, but you kind of didn't. There's like this resting feeling in your stomach, like the Packers beat the Patriots pretty handily. And then, then there's that revelation that comes. That's like, they didn't actually win yet and they might not win. And that's still is yet to be determined. It's like, oh crap, you're right. Anyways, I know we scored 29 points and I know they didn't score a lot. I called it 29 to nine, but I don't think that was necessarily it. Could have been 10, could have been eight. I don't know. But it was something like that. I say that to say a lot of these scores are very in line with my dream. Patrick says 24-13, Tommy 24-10, Craig 27-9, Aaron 35-10, Edward 33-13, Wayne 28-21, Roger 24-13, Chad 31-13. So I'm kind of in the Tommy and Roger state of mind. Patrick 24 13, 27 9, 24 13, 24 10. I'm a little pessimistic. And I mean, it's twofold. It's Bill Belichick, Patriots defense, Packers offense hasn't done jack squat this year. So I can't go with the 35, 33, 31 stuff, at least until I have reason to. And it it can happen. And I, I, I just, I know how it sounds. I do. But I think Christian Watson plays a big part in that. It's twofold. Threefold. Number one, he's really going to help the run game. Number two, he's really going to help the pass game for the exact same reason. His speed and, you know, well, the run game stressing the linebackers, the passing game stressing the safeties, and then hopefully number three, actually using him a little bit and not just on end arounds and jet sweeps or whatever. They end up doing basically the same thing. But then defensively, the highest points given, Wayne has the Patriots at 21. I think that's the highest one. After that, pretty much everybody has them scoring 13. Patrick says 13. Edward says 13. Roger says 13. Chad says 13. It's the next highest. So I could see that. Defense has to stay doing what it's doing. Patriots offense has been struggling. Just cannot have another game like you did against the Bears. You know they're going to run the ball. You need to, all you need to do is make sure you can tackle. It just gives me a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. Like You're going to dominate this team so long as you don't implode in, in the realm of run defense slash tackling. Okay? Guys, we're, we're guys, are you hearing me? You're not looking at me. What's going on right now? Highest graded defensive players. Adrian Amos says Tommy. Craig says Campbell. Aaron says Kenny. Aaron Miller. Aaron Nelson said Clark. Aaron Miller says Preston Smith has one sack, three tackles for a loss, and one forced fumble. So that's a highest graded player and why. Edward says Gary Rogers. Roger says Lazard. Going to have a pick six in this game or something. Just going to jump off the bench and just go get it. And then Bearded Buck Outdoors says Kenny Clark. Safe bets. What have been the last several? 
Last week was Kenny, unless you include Devontae Wyatt, which you shouldn't. Week before that was Jair, and before that was Devondre Campbell. So there you go. I mean, Kingsley and Keyshawn Nixon were higher, but they didn't play very much. So yeah, nothing nothing super crazy yet. We haven't had like a, a Jaron Reed day or anything. So safe bets have been paying off. Highest graded offensive player, Pat, uh, Patrick says Aaron Jones. Tommy says A.J. Dillon. Craig says Bakhtiari. Nelson says Randall Cobb. Sneaky good bet, considering how he's been playing. Aaron says A-Rod lights it up. Four touchdowns, 350 passing yards, and zero interceptions. Really feeling this game, or just generally optimistic. Edward says Bakhtiari. Bearded Buck says Romeo. Week one was Josiah DeGuara. Unless we rule him out because he doesn't really get very many snaps these days, but it's still 15. If you rule him out, you almost have to rule out Tunyon and pretty much all of our tight ends. Tyler Davis said 15. Anyways, after that would be A.J. Dillon. But even he only had half the amount of snaps as our offensive lineman. I'm just saying. Week two was Aaron Jones. And then week three was uh, Randall Cobb. And then finally, their bold predictions for this game. Craig says the defense will score a touchdown. Aaron Miller says offense is going to be stagnant the first half, score a touchdown right before halftime, then light up the second half with a 35-10 win. Aaron, you're, uh, you're making it harder and harder. <laughs> I wanted to get on board with, with your 35-point win, 35-10. Like, all right, it could happen. But now you're telling me a team that has scored like three points in the second half through three weeks. I don't know if it's that bad, but it's pretty bad. Is going to have seven points going into halftime and is going to come back and win 35-10. I'm trying here, man. I mean, it's a bold prediction, but I don't know. Kurt says Rashawn Gary gets three. Yes, count him three sacks. That'd be pretty big. I think he has one in every game so far. He doth. One in every game, which is which is a pretty good track. One per game. Assuming he's healthy, 17 on the season, might actually get some recognition as a good defensive player. Three would not hurt. That's for sure. Roger says Packer fans try to set a world record for longest running roll out the barrel which pisses off Ryan and the Packers offense. Yeah, that, that would certainly do that. Also, I know Packer fans get mad when I say you guys need to be louder. That wasn't loud enough. I always, always, always get a message saying, hey, I was there. It was loud. We even had Rashawn Gary come out and be like, hey, you guys should be loud, like louder than last week. But I mean, you were great, but louder would be nice. But you're great and we love you and you, you do a good job, but just do better, please. Bearded Buck Outdoors says, close at the beginning, then we take a lead and control the game. Defense. Again, a lot of love for sort of the second half. Usually we have to run up the score and then just hope they don't overtake us by the second half because we have just kicked it way into neutral, if not reverse, by the time we get to the second half. Uh, Jacob follows that up with, has four sacks. So, Packers in general? I don't know. The world will never know. Edward says, Rodgers, five touchdowns. Donnie says Dobbs catches two touchdowns and 170 receiving yards. That'd be crazy. I guess what I'm wondering is, and I'd like to go back and kind of watch, how much are they trying to target Dobbs as opposed to trying to target Lazard? And at what point do they change it up? Because again, they're playing this whole Lazard as our number one wide receiver thing, but I'm wondering at what point they stop using the rookies as decoys so much so that they can set up Lazard and start using Lazard as a decoy and start setting up Dobbs. And again, I, I, I'm not someone that's just going to hype someone up because I want to hype him up. I mean, Dobbs gets separation, Lazard doesn't. Dobbs has yard after, yards after the catch, Lazard doesn't. Lazard is big and physical and strong, and Dobbs isn't. But if we're trying to figure out how to have a potent, high-powered offense that has the ability to get a lot of yards and a lot of points, 
that runs through Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. That's where the that's where the high power comes from. If you want to be a team that loads up and has three tight ends on the field and can mug the the cornerbacks, fine. Put Lazard out there. Put Mercedes Lewis out there. Put AJ Dillon out there. We'll smash the living daylights out of the team and get a real real tough five six yard. You want a forty yard reception? Get the rookies out there. You want to score thirty five points? You have to utilize the rookies. That's not to say you can't have a deep shot here and there. Lazard has done it a couple times. But even when you, if you go back into your memory bank and say, okay, try to remember Alan Lazard getting a deep ball. How wide open was he? Probably not very. So I don't know. The day that they start doing that and saying our goal is to force feed Dobbs, and and believe it or not, that's not really what they were doing when he caught eight passes. Anyways, all right. I see where you guys are at right now. I get it. I'm getting I'm getting the general vibe. I don't I don't know if I understand the whole second half vibe, but I'm I'm getting it. I'm I'm feeling it. I'm I'm taking it all in. But I'll tell you what, let's get this break out of the way. It's just lingering and I keep thinking about it. When am I gonna when am I gonna do it? Let's get it out of the way now so I can do whatever I wanna do. Anyways, with that said, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support the podcast, we don't have any October supporters yet. Not even one. I'd love to say thank you to Jimmy Bob for the October support, but I can't because Jimmy Bob's hoarding all his millions over there. Can I get one of those millions, Jimmy Bob? No. Can't even be comfortable sleeping on all that, dude. Jimmy Bob. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 per month. Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. Got to see, uh, got to see the folks yesterday. They're down in Indiana, so I don't get to see them very often, so that was good. Um, they did say that they've received some support. They were wondering if it came from the podcast. They're very confused. Technology is not necessarily their forte, you could say. And so for those of you that gave, just so you know, they're planning on sending thank you messages. They just don't know how yet. They're working on that. <laughs> trying to describe to me the process they're going through with invoicing and like trying to get this all squared away. I'm like, I don't know, man. I think you can just send a thank you. I don't know. But it's a thank you is on the way. And and thank you, by the way, for those of you that have supported Fertile Ground Ranch. FertileGroundRanch.org if you want to learn more about it. There are also links to give pinned to the top of my Twitter as well as top of the Pack and a Podcast Facebook group. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, um, completely random, but I wanted to look into something because there's some rumors out there, which made a lot of sense to me because I told you New England's tight or uh, linebackers are pretty terrible. Uh, the rumor is they're one of the worst teams against tight ends. This is the problem I have with, with you know, numbers in general, especially when you're talking about three weeks. Almost everything you've heard about best, worst, whatever is garbage. I, I already went through yesterday all these different games. Hey, number Number one offense in football, not really, but, you know, one of the top offenses in football. And you see that they scored like 40 points week one, and then they scored like 21 and 10. But because it's three weeks, that <laughs> that one good game weighs so heavily. Same thing here. Um, week three against the New England Patriots, they went up against who exactly? The Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens' number one receiving threat is who? Tight end Mark Andrews. By a mile, it's tight end Mark Andrews. He had 89 re- uh, receiving yards and two touchdowns in that game. Again, in a three week span, in a league in which wide receivers blow the doors off of everything and tight ends aren't as big of a factor. I mean, you, you got Kelsey, and I mean, Kittle hasn't even done anything this year, partly because of injury, but there's not that many guys that are going to tear it up. So the question is okay, outside of Mark Andrews, what has there been? And, and by the way, there's multiple tight ends on this team. Not that they contributed a ton, but still, there's two other tight ends who caught uh, 16 more yards and another touchdown. So over 100 yards and three touchdowns for the tight ends for the Baltimore Ravens in week three. What about week two and one? The Pittsburgh Steelers, number one receiver was Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver. Then Najee Harris, the running back. Then Chase Claypool. Then George Pickens then Pat Fryermuth, who had the least amount of yards of anybody at 22 yards and a touchdown. What about week one and the Miami Dolphins? Well, number one is Tyreek Hill. Number two is Jalen Waddell, then Chase Edmonds, then Cedric Wilson, then Raheem Mostert, then Durham Smythe with 14 yards and no touchdowns. Mike Kosicki had one reception for one yard. I'm not saying 
the tight ends can't have a big day. I'm just saying if you've heard that rumor that they've given up more yards to tight ends than anybody, that's just more or less an indictment on tight ends around the league in general. Because again, in two weeks, tight ends have done nothing against the uh, New England Patriots. Bunch of touchdowns, though. Maybe you watch it in the red zone. I don't know. But if you didn't notice, we don't have Mark Andrews. So don't expect. And even that was 89 yards. So if you're looking for um, you know, Tyler Davis to have a big breakout, 120-yard, three-touchdown game, probably not going to happen. Or Tunyon, whatever. Doesn't matter. Here's the thing, though. As I watch, because I'm, you know, one of the things I like to do on Sunday is get hyped up by people that are doubting the Packers. But there isn't a lot of that, you know? I mean, even the people that are somewhat anti-Packers. I mean, Chris Sims has got some of the worst takes I've ever heard in my life. I don't know what the deal is with that guy. But even with that, it's mostly things that I can't necessarily disagree with. But a lot of what I've been saying is one step at a time, Let's just tear away at these ridiculous narratives. Devontae Adams is better than the entire wide receiver group, right? That's already gone. Even the wide receivers in general. Some people are still going to be chipping away at that, but you don't hear a whole lot of Bears fans talking about how they're better than our wide receivers anymore. Certainly making some progress there. Even last, one of the things I was watching, um, Rex Ryan cracked me up. They kind of did a recap of the Bucks packers game, and they asked Rex, when was this game decided? And they said it was, he said it was right when Mike Evans was suspended because who in the world does he have to work with? You know, prior to that game, you know what I kept hearing? The Packers don't have any receivers. You heard me talk about it on the show prior to the Packers Bucks game. Packers don't have any receivers. Packers don't. And I'm like, the Bucks don't have any receivers. What are you talking about? That's not a reason to pick the Buccaneers. And so now that the Packers win, it's, well, it's because the Bucs didn't have any receivers, which is what I said prior to the game. But here's, here's the annoying part. Had the Buccaneers won, and the exact same question was asked after the recap to Rex Ryan, what would they have said? When was this game decided? When they decided to let Devontae Adams walk. Honestly, that's when it was decided. That's what he would have said. He's full of it. But the point is, you're writing History, essentially rewriting history. Everything that was said was no longer said. Everything that was said about Devontae and this this team is is doomed without Devontae. Now Devontae can't seem to catch any passes out in, in Las Vegas. It's been two rough weeks. I expect that to pick up. Same with Justin Jefferson and some of these other guys that have struggled the last couple weeks. But the point is, nobody said that anymore, magically. All those things weren't said and nobody's talking about it anymore. Now we've moved on to new things. And so what do the Packers still need to work on? What do they still need to demolish? Because they've been checking them off the list one by one. Just done, 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 done. Well, one of the the things that's being talked about is how the Packers can't stop the run. It's a weakness, and the Patriots are just going to run the ball down their throat because there's nothing the Packers can do to stop it. All right. First of all, the Packers rank 19th in yards given up. It's not good, but they're not 32nd. They're not 31st. They're not 30th. They're not even in the 20s in terms of yards given up on the ground. Beyond that, the vast majority, again, over three weeks, one really bad week is going to change everything. They gave up 180 yards in week two to the Bears, right? How many yards did they give up on the ground last week? In in the exact same situation, you know they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball down the Packers' throat because the Packers can't stop the run, and they don't have any wide receivers, so they're going to run the ball. How many yards did they get on the ground? Total. Team total, and that includes the big giant scamper by the quarterback. How many yards did they get on the ground? 34. 34 total yards. 
You know what not one person said? Dang, Packers run defense really stepped up against Leonard Fournette. Now, I don't think Leonard Fournette is all that great, but everybody else seems to think so, so the Packers should get a lot of credit. Are they getting it? No, the Patriots are going to run it down their throat. But I'll tell you what, you do that one more time, you do that two more times, eventually people have to acknowledge it. For whatever reason, nobody noticed. Probably because, well, the Bucks are just a bad offense. Don't worry about it. But that's one of the things still to be checked off the list because overall, they still rank 19th. In yards per attempt, they rank 25th. And there's still the Bears game where they gave up 180 yards and 126 the week before that. Plus, there's history, years upon years upon years of the Packers just not being a good run defense team. So that one's going to take a while. You know what the other one is, though, that won't take very long? because there's not a long history, it's the points. They need to score more points. Because right now, they're getting dinged for being a dink and dunk offense that doesn't push the ball down the field, can't push the ball down the field. Aaron Rodgers is efficient, dropping the ball off one yard past the line of scrimmage, and then they punt the ball, and then, you know, that's the whole thing. Can't score in the second half, can't complete a 10-yard pass, and certainly can't put up a lot of points, because let's face it, this isn't the same offense anymore. That's the biggest one on the checklist right now. And it is important. And you're at home. Last time you were at home, you didn't really put up a ton of points. Kind of felt like a decent game, but it wasn't good enough. 27 points on Sunday night against the Chicago Bears, not good enough. The Green Bay Packers, who just two years ago were the number one offense in football, now rank 27th. It's not good enough. Two of your weeks scoring seven and 14 points, that is not good enough. And so if you want to say, fine, that was a week one collapse and and the Buccaneers have one of the best defenses in football, fine. Then you better step up this week. You got to do it. You got to figure it out. I know it's there. You almost got 21, like in your first three drives against the, the Buccaneers until you just completely collapsed and didn't score a single point, not even a field goal after those first two drives. And one of those times we started at like the 50 yard line. <laughs> so we've seen it. We've seen the. Running backs, we've seen Romeo Dobbs, we've seen glimmers from Christian Watson, although again, we refuse to go back to him in any capacity outside of end of rounds. And and here's the other thing. I mentioned Tampa Bay's defensive front is not what it used to be, but their secondary is very, very good. This secondary is not as good. It's not as good as Tampa's. The front is pretty solid. I mean, as far as pass rushers, Judon and Wise, those those guys are good. They just are. And they're going to win, and they're going to, you know, do whatever. But man, they got Jalen Mills out there, who right now ranks 99th out of 101 corners. That's their starting corner outside of uh, Jonathan Jones, who's, granted, he's doing great. It's actually the highest graded corner in football right now, but I don't know. It's, it, last year, he wasn't very good. I don't know, man. Maybe he's good, maybe he's not. doesn't matter. But the point is, that, that's, that's the thing. Having a really good corner doesn't do you any good because we don't have a really good receiver. If this was back in the days of, man, we got Devontae and they got the number one guy, even if we believe that, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Oh man, they could probably take away our guy. We don't have a guy. Who's our guy? Who are you taking away with a corner? Who are you double teaming? Are you really going to take away Alan Lazard in this game? Please do. And then put Davis Mills on Romeo Dobbs and and let's just watch him get 15 receptions. Are you going to buy into the Dobbs hype and take Dobbs away? I know, you're, I know you don't shadow, but still, you're in a lot of trouble here. So you don't have good linebackers at all. You got one good corner. You got a couple good pass rushers. This feels to me like a game where the Packers are going to keep doing what they've been doing. I don't want to play your game. I don't want to drop back in the pot, and I hope the Packers don't do that. I mean, I, I want them to, to 
you know, unleash Watson. I want them to get the 40-yard bombs. I want to see Romeo Dobbs down the sideline. I want to see all that cool stuff. But they've got some veteran talent at safety. They might be struggling, but they're smart, talented safeties. They've got at least one good corner, and they've got some good pass rushers. Sitting in the pocket waiting for deep routes to develop against, a, you know, that, that, that doesn't feel like the right thing to do. Forcing these linebackers that are no good to run sideline to sideline and to be disciplined as we motion guys left, left and right, crushing you with play action, forcing your safeties to come up and make tackles as we throw wide receiver screen after wide receiver screen. You know, this, this uh, number one corner in football, Jonathan Jones, he's 5'10", 190 pounds with 4'3", speed. He's fast. He's fast. You know what he's not? Big and strong. So you want to put him on Alan Lazard? Fine. We'll motion Romeo Dobbs over to that side, and we'll watch as Jonathan Jones and whoever else are out there try to get off blocks and make tackles. That's what we're going to make you do. You want to get a 5'10", 190-pound fast guy, neutralize the speed, emphasize the tackling. You now have to be a linebacker. Best of luck. Speed's no good. He's right in front of you. Your job is to get around Alan Lazard and make a tackle. Can you do it? What do you mean, no? <laughs> That's what you do now. That's your job today. And, you know, the, the real good thing about all that is as much as you want to be a team like the Buffalo Bills that just runs up the score, I don't mind being a team that wears out your defense. Speaking of wearing out a defense, you know what this defensive line is not good at? Stopping the run. Dietrich Wise and Matt Judon are, are pretty scary pass rushers. They're not very good run defenders. Neither are the linebackers. So there's a lot here to exploit. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring up the benefit of the fact that we don't have that one guy. We have two running backs. And by the way, who, who's our elite number one tight end? Who is it? How much better is Tunyon than Tyler Davis right now? Or DeGuara for that matter? I'm not talking about snap counts. I'm talking about actually being good at football. You know who the highest graded tight end is? Josiah DeGuara. You know who the second highest graded tight end is? Tyler Davis. You know who's third? Robert Tunyon, as far as guys that have actually been receivers. Mercedes Lewis isn't even on the list because he's never been targeted. If you add him to the list, he's number two. But basically, it's Josiah, and then a big drop-off, then it's Mercedes and Tyler Davis, and then another small drop-off, and then Robert Tunyon. Is that what you thought? But it's not, the, it's not the trash Tunyon or to talk about DeGuara being great or anything. It's none of that. It's the fact that we don't have a guy. That should give, it's, it's not a good thing, but it should give the Packers flexibility to not have to force feed anybody to pick the right person for the right job at the right time to go out and execute what you need done. You need a blocking tight end, you got Mercedes Lewis. You need a receiving tight end, you got Robert Tunyon. You need a guy that's kind of an inline blocking receiver, you got Tyler Davis. You want a fullback EH backy guy for whatever purpose, then you got Josiah. So here's what I'm going to say. I don't expect a high-scoring game. I, I expect this to be the Packers' defense doesn't allow New England to score a lot of points, and I don't think New England is going to necessarily give up a ton of points to the Packers who haven't really found their stride yet. That's my thought. But I'll add this. There's no reason in my mind that the Packers shouldn't be able to. If you want to run the ball, you should be able to. If you want to pass the ball, you should be able to. The biggest complication is going to be the offensive line. That's it. If they have a bad day, we can't run, we can't pass. Rodgers won't have any time, and obviously you can't run without an offensive line. If they don't perform well, 
We don't score a lot of points. We struggle to win. If they have a great day, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to beat them by 10 points. So I don't really think that 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 this is ever going to change in terms of this being the most important factor, but it's the most important factor. It's not even, you know, it's it's not you got to watch out for their run game, their their passing game. We need to be able to blitz, we need to be able to No, we need to be able to block. And most importantly, clearly is pass blocking. But if we can run the ball well, I'll take it. Anyways, I've been delaying as long as I possibly can to hopefully get some uh get some information. But I'll say this, the um Considering I'm saying the offensive line is the most important thing, I really hope Bakhtiari plays the entire game because he was he was pretty phenomenal. And outside of that, we need we need Melton um, Jenkins to whatever the issue is. Hopefully, it's it's done today because that dude is really good at football, but he's been really bad the last two weeks. So get that figured out. We'll be good to go. But I'll leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. Hopefully, we will uh, have a victory Monday tomorrow. Take it easy. Bye bye.